everyone. This episode is going to be a little bit different. I found myself at a breakfast table in Germany uh, for Toman's Gearhead University 2019, joined by a few friends, people I've met over the years, and people I'd met this year. Uh, first off, I'm going to talk about just guitar being a pervasive, inescapable hobby with the Phil McKnight. Then we're going to transition to talking about cars. And then uh, Steve from Boston is going to jump in, and he's going to talk to me about cars more. We're going to discuss our love of minivans and repairing cars and uh, you know cars from our past. And then Glenn Fricker is going to jump in. We're going to talk religion for a little bit. Then we're going to talk about celebrity sightings. And then after that, Mike uh, from the Guitargate channel jumps in, and he tells me a spooky ghost story. <laughs> It's a lot of fun and brings uh, quite a bit of chills. So anyways, uh, stay tuned for all that. Before we get to that, I want to talk about our sponsors. This week, we're sponsored by D'Addario Auto Lock Straps. I've been using my strap quite a bit. I love the way it's padded. I love the way it's a slick nylon feeling kind of material that slides across my shoulder. It doesn't bind up on my shoulder the way, you know, fancy in air quotes like suede straps do and other materials. I like a nice nylon strap. I I tend to use all my nylon straps way more than anything else that I have. And having that little bit of extra Diodario technology on the end that, that just clamps on to your strap peg super easily and clamps off really fast is pretty great. Uh, we're also sponsored by Chase Bliss Audio, makers of pedals like the Thermae. And the Condor, which happened to be two pedals that I have on my board today. I use them at church practice. I use the Condor as kind of like a mid-pushed, jump-over-the-mix kind of boost after my drive section. And I use the Thermae as a warm, like, galloping, dotted eighth repeat. Exactly what you would expect for a church rig. So anyways, uh, please listen to this whole episode. It's a lot of fun. It's completely off-topic, I know. Very little guitar talk. But we were all hanging out at TGU doing nothing but playing and thinking and talking about guitars for a full week. So we were ready to talk about something else. All right. Enjoy this. Bye. Right. Was that Michael McDonald? Okay. We are, no, Kenny Lodge. This is not going to work. It's not going to work. And that <laughs> might make it fun. <laughs> I'm going to do a little intro. And then we'll just see what happens. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to 60 Cycle Home, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Wow. That was good. <laughs> Usually Steve's does that. <laughs> I nailed it. Uh, I'm here having breakfast with Phil McKnight. Hello, everyone. The Tone King. Hi, hi everyone. Give you one of those. And Steve from Boston. Hopefully you can you see everyone. Up, He's chewing. Good morning. <laughs> and Glenn's about to join us. And, uh, and hopefully everyone just uh, stays real quiet. It doesn't say a goddamn thing. Yeah. <laughs> so Phil and I can podcast <laughs> about I don't know what I don't I don't really want to talk about guitar stuff because we've already been living nothing but guitar every moment of the day for four days now. Yeah, but it, you got I gotta tell you I know how to brush my teeth and talk about guitars and that's about the only two things I know. So <laughs> this might not go well. You don't have any hobbies or anything outside of guitar stuff? Literally, oh. this is my hobby. That's like, like asking a guy that like loves model airplanes. Do you like anything else? And he's like, <laughs> at a model airplane convention. Yeah, he's like, maybe sniffing the glue. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you get into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think it'd be a more creative pursuit, model airplanes. <laughs> you sniff a bunch of glue, you start putting it together, and it just turns out totally different. Yes. I agree. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's just guitar for you. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. You I know don't I like, get that you don't like movies or TV shows, food, anything. You're just like, I, uh, guitar is it. You know, and what's worse uh, about it is it, it's, it gets worse by the year. Um, and the reason I know this is my wife is like chronologically figured it out because uh, she's known me since I was 13. Uh-huh. So she's like shown how, like almost on a graph, like, okay, when you're 20s, you were this bad. And then your 30s, <laughs> got worse. And then your 40s, it just went, it's just, she's like literally getting to the point where she's like, she once told me something like, uh, you curse on this thing? You can. Oh, cool. I don't just because that's my persona, but you can oh. say whatever you want. Oh, see, I don't curse on my channel. Can I? So I'll curse on your yes, channel. Yes, please do. Show people what it's like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll take little clips and share it around and be like, Phil McKnight swearing. Yeah. <laughs> he used a dirty word. Yeah. My, uh, yeah. Man unchained. <laughs> what? Curse words. Uh, no, it, literally, she, she says, like, she used to say, like, She's like three, four hours a day. You just talk about guitar. Then it was like eight hours a day. She's like seriously. She's like it's like it just gets crazier and crazier. Um, and um, I don't know. I keep thinking there's a bubble, and right. then I'll be like, I don't even want to look at these things anymore. Well, you can't go past a hundred percent saturation. So once you sit, once you hit that, like, what do you do? Yeah, you know? I don't know. But I do wait for it to. But my wife uh, said this thing once, and uh, I'll clean it up. Actually, it's just I'm gonna take out one of the words. And, okay, take, uh, out, take out one of the words. Uh, I'm gonna replace the word with duck. Here we Anyways, go. and uh, uh, I wonder she, what word it was going to be. She said, uh, "You know, sometimes I think that when you're watching the kids play outside, you're just thinking about guitars, and when you're supposed to be working, you're thinking about guitars, and when you're ducking, you're thinking about guitars." <laughs> and uh, the problem with that that got me in trouble was I didn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that could be dangerous for you because it's like the opposite of thinking about baseball. Like usually people think about things to distract yeah, yeah. themselves so that, you know, yeah. they can hang out a little bit longer. Yeah, you think about... You, yeah, you, you probably get complete a little faster when you start thinking about yeah, guitars. you think about intonation. Well, if I move it eight cents, it'll be yeah, sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We're talking about Phil McKnight climaxing during sex because he's thinking about intonating a guitar. I was trying to apply the opposite. For the record, intonation does not make me. Yeah, this has gone really rogue. Steve, why don't you just. Never mind. <laughs> Say something else. <laughs> if you want to tap out and pass the mic, we could oh, do that. No, we could do that too. Yeah. Real quick though. So, but you surf, right? Yeah. So is that your two hobbies, guitar and surf? Are you having oh another one? Oh man, I have too many hobbies and it's like I'm someone who has like a billion dumb ideas a day and then like one good one and I have to like figure it out which one is the good one. But I'm always like, oh man, I should get into like making like little like concrete molds and making like lawn gnomes or something like that <laughs> like, like I'm a, lawn gnomes yeah well like i'm just it's stupid like i have to stop myself from starting a new thing and i'll i'll like tell my wife like oh i have this idea this thing i want to do and she'll just look at me like you don't have time to do anything and like guitar stuff is taking over everything because right. i'm you know i tend to try to like monetize my hobbies and try to make them uh, make me a little bit of money and this whole like demo thing, this whole like podcast thing and the guitar like industry in general is the only thing I've been doing for the past five years that's actually growing right. and making me money, making me money. So it's kind of pushed away 
all this stuff that I would do. Cause like, yeah, I surf, but then I turned that into also like I started shaping my own surfboards in my garage. And that's a ridiculous hobby that no one should get into because it <laughs> consumes your life and like makes your whole house smell bad and stuff. Oh, nice. <laughs> and like, you know, the, the first electric guitar I ever got within like a month of having it, I completely disassembled it and reassembled it and started making mods and stuff like that. This is when I'm like 14. So like, yeah, I'm playing guitar, but then now I have this new hobby of taking stuff apart and like tweaking everything. It's like, I can't stand still with this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm glad not- you said that. When people ask me, you know, like, do you have your first guitar? Um, we got asked that yesterday, but I didn't get the chance to answer. Mm-hmm. And I don't, but it's not for what everybody thinks. It's because I took it apart and then I repainted it and mm-hmm. then I cannibalized the parts to upgrade other guitars yeah. and then I got another guitar and cannibalized that. So, I mean, literally, until I got, I could afford nice guitars, like I was just like, uh, you know, a chop shopping. Yeah, you know exactly. I, mean? I would chop up this guitar and add it to this guitar. I was just, I was on a quest to like, you know, when you, like when you get your first beater car and you're just going to kind of keep upgrading parts here and there until it's something that a girl might look at you with. <laughs> Same thing. What was your first car? Like that um, you own, not like you, your family's car or something like that. First yeah, car you bought. I had a Jeep Comanche. Remember those? It was like yeah. the Jeep, it was like the Jeep Cherokee, but it had, had a bed. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was cool. My first car that I ever bought was a minivan. <laughs> that gets the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Dodge Caravan, baby oh, blue. With yes. brown rust all over the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing says like you're about to make a bad choice, like dating a guy in a Dodge Caravan. <laughs> it, like as a, you know, as a teenager and a, a college student, I had a blast with that thing. I took all, you know, take all the seats out of the back. Fill it up with wood, take it down to the beach and have bonfires and stuff, load it up with guitar gear, get all my friends like piled in the back. Like it was a fun time. That was forward thinking right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like get an agenda. Yeah. I did, no. And in all fairness, the Dodge Caravan, because the hood sticks out far enough, you can actually work on the engine. Oh yeah. No, yeah. it was it was a, a lesson in like auto uh, uh maintenance especially because, replacing transmissions and it was the it was a four banger one it was a four cylinder so it was wide open in there i did everything on that car i i changed head gaskets twice on that guitar which you shouldn't have to ever do yeah. <laughs> uh 91 i think yeah the problem with the this now now we're into off topic stuff the problem with the dodge caravan is that if you got the six cylinder cylinder one from those years uh it was too overpowered for the transmission, and you would just cream the transmission. Yeah, that's why I made the joke about the transmission. They're notorious like, yeah. for the transmission is not lasting. But if you get the the four cylinder one, it's you know underpowered, right? But it never kills the transmission. But then apparently the engine warps all the time. <laughs> You've always got to change the head gaskets. <laughs> so there's that. I, I, I put like a like a six inch crack in the uh, exhaust manifold. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I have no idea how I pulled it off. It might have been like literally flooring it from Las Vegas to back to San Diego one time. That did flooring it. it. So you're what, 60, 61 miles an hour? No, no. <laughs> Just like, kidding. Here's the trick with, the, with driving a minivan. No cop will ever pull you over because it doesn't look like you're going very fast at all no That's matter what you're true. doing. They don't pull you over because they don't want to be embarrassed to stand next to the thing. They don't want their <laughs> friends to think that maybe they're, but it's I, theirs. I think I was, I was hitting like 95 the whole time, and that was the top. I was just like had my foot down. I had people in the car that I didn't want to be with anymore <laughs> coming back from Vegas. <laughs> like, I just want to get home. <laughs> What's the joke? I don't get it. Is that your? Oh, that's your your photo on your. 
think he made the call you were that's, driving. That's his, oh, that's you his, made the, oh, okay. that's his Dodge Chrysler gotcha. employee badge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you guys? That was not his. Yeah, his, uh, uh, Glenn doesn't have any other job other than uh, doing Yelling at people. Stuff. Yeah, yelling people. Glenn works in manufacturing. He's not holding a mic, and uh, he's talking for some reason. Lots of lots of professionalism here. <laughs> I just I just busted Glenn's balls on my podcast. Sorry, Glenn. Don't hit don't don't hit me later, please. <laughs> that was a smart move for a guy who likes to use a sledgehammer in like half the videos. <laughs> I still got a day to survive here. Yeah. I might not make it. <laughs> Glenn's going to throw me off a roof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, with that, I'm not holding the mic. You're not going to beat that joke. <laughs> Who wants it? Here, I'll, uh, I'll go over there, though, for his camera. Oh, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. See, that, we are professionals. Look at this. <laughs> um, my first car. I like this. I like that we're continuing this. Was a 1965 AMC Ambassador Rambler station wagon. Oh, my God. Ooh, a station wagon. Oh, oh. Yeah. Listen, if your first car is in a station wagon, you haven't lived. <laughs> It um, <laughs> the flat minivan. <laughs> it uh, it quickly got damaged, not through any fault of mine. The city was working on the water pipes, and they had something sticking up from the ground, and it tore out the um, transmission pan. Uh-huh. Right, and uh, my second car, which was just months later, was a 1979 Mercury Grand Marquis prior police vehicle, yes. still in black and white, still yes. with the emblems on the side of the car and all the lettering and everything. And uh, I got pulled over like the first day by a cop basically saying, you got to spray paint over that stuff or you're going to be arrested for impersonating an officer. Impersonating an officer. Uh-huh. And I said, okay. He's like, no, seriously. He goes, we will arrest you. Yeah. You know, so you got to, so I had to spray paint most of the, most of the thing. Dude, I am dying to ask if you traded a microphone for that car. <laughs> what? The the, the, uh... the Blues Brothers, right? Oh. Where did, get, where did you get the cop car? I traded it for a microphone. There were a lot of, there were a lot of Blues Brothers jokes <laughs> Good back then. The worst part about owning that car was that every car in front of me drove so yeah. goddamn slow. I've always wanted to, to pick up a... My dad bought it at a police auction. He bought it at a he bought it at a car auction, but it came off police service. And, and it the, still had like the it literally still yeah. had the so town of it was literally a police car, cop tires, cop engine, cop transmission. So it had the big seal on the on the door on the driver's door and on the passenger door for the town, right? The town seal, and it had all the numbers, like dial nine one one, like all over the car <laughs> to you know? serve and protect. <laughs> to serve and protect. I swear to God, it absolutely had that on there, and um. And yeah, no, like the first day, um, a cop pulled me over and he was like, listen, man, you can't, he goes, you've got, he goes, how long have you had, I showed him how long I had the car. Yeah. He goes, well, good, because I'm not going to arrest you now. <laughs> he goes, but you literally have to yeah. spray paint this like in the next 24 hours. He goes, I see you from my town. He goes, if I see you driving this again tomorrow, he goes, I'm going to arrest you. Yeah. I've um, always wanted to pick up a, a retired like Crown Vic. And, yeah. Uh, but the, the thing Well, that was the, this was the version of a Crown Vic. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can get them super cheap, but then like putting gas in them, it's like it was the worst over the top. They get like like twelve I, miles I a gallon. I didn't think it'd be a car worse. They don't get rear ended. 
Yeah. I I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't think um the gas mileage could get worse than the AMC. But I found the one car <laughs> that went from two you know, two miles to the gallon down to one mile to the gallon. I mean, I would go like literally five miles and back and be down a quarter of a tank. Yeah. And I, I it's like a similar thing for me going back to like impersonating cops. <laughs> like if I got one, I'd be putting a surf rack on the top and people see me in the rear rear mirror and like they see the headlights and they see something on the roof. And it's like, I won't, I won't be able to drive down the road. Everyone will be going the speed limit. You would actually like the AMC because that car was kitsch. I mean, that was yeah. straight up surf. That was a mid sixties mm-hmm. wood paneled side and like all this like aluminum trim that had no function other than to slow the car down. <laughs> and make your gas mileage worse. <laughs> but it was at a time when gas was a lot cheaper. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know I'm making myself sound like a young millennial. <clears throat> How embarrassing. In but fact, it- the guy who we sold the car to, one of the mechanics, right, because I already had the marquee. Mm-hmm. So one of the guys from my dad's uh, shop uh, bought the car. And um, within, like, I'd say a month, he completely changed the carburetor out to like a one barrel because it was sucking down gas so bad. He goes, <laughs> he goes. I, I drove to my house and back, and it was like a half a tank. Uh-huh. And I was like, <laughs> the thought I've had with uh, with the Crown Vic is because they're like, I think I think they're eight cylinder. They might yeah, be mine more. Mine was an eight cylinder. They might be more. They might be. No, mine was absolutely an eight cylinder. That's it. Yeah, that's that was hot. It. But mine, mine was um, like brown. Mine was like yeah. brown with a with a wood paneling. Yeah, had a woody. Had a woody. My, um, here's my bad idea with the Crown Vic. It's like you're using too much gas. Just pull half the spark plugs, save save half of them for later. And when your car starts going bad, plug in the other set. You know, there you go. that's how cars work, right? Right. Sure. <laughs> I'm gonna say sure. <laughs> yeah, that's how they work. <laughs> just start pulling plugs, and you'll save gas. <laughs> Won't cause any problems at all. You won't be leaking gas out the bottom of your car as you drive down the you know, road. My at dad all. bought and sold a lot of cars, so I, I went through quite a few cars when I was younger. Yeah, quite a few. What was your favorite? What was your least favorite? My my favorite, bar none, was my 1975 Mercedes 280C, the coupe. Uh, no, it was a uh, 75 75 uh, Mercedes 280C. Loved that car. Drove that through college. That car, that car helped me out. I'm just gonna say it right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, you were, that, that you were car, driving. That a, car was an accessory. You were driving a Mercedes around in college. And I it, was. It helped you out somehow. It, it I can't imagine totally how that helped, helped me out. out. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of my worst car. <laughs> yeah. The, too the, fast. Yeah, it was too fast. Yeah. And it was very low to the ground. It was hard to get in and out of. No. Um, <laughs> I think I had a Pontiac. (laughs) Hopefully the mic picked that up. Phil said you can never put anything in the side seat because there was a girl there. (laughs) That's why they don't put back seats in those is because you'll have too many women in the car. (laughs) I might have had it like a... It puts the balance all off. You know? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, it might have been a Pontiac Le Mans, but it was not the cool old 71. It's 71. Mm-hmm. It was like the crappy like 1982 one or something like right. that. It was like the world's worst car. Very unreliable. It's like you tell someone you've got an Impala. Yeah. And they're thinking Snoop Dogg, but then you roll up with like a modern Impala. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a Chrysler K car. <laughs> like the world's worst car ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I live so I live through some pretty terrible cars. Yeah. 
I feel like cars are way better now, right? More, much more reliable, I'll much tell you that. Much more reliable. Like, I have memories of my parents' cars throughout the 80s and stuff like that. We couldn't go on a trip without having to pull over for maintenance somewhere. Like, stuff was always breaking. Like, I've never had that with a, a car I've owned in the like, last decade. I don't have new cars. I have a, a, like an 07 Nissan Sentra, something like that. I drive a 2005 um, Chrysler Town and Country because that's, mm. that's how I rode. It's not a minivan. It's the metal van. This is the metal van. I love it. <laughs> that's what I tell my kids. And they're like, Dad, that joke sucks. Yeah. And stop saying it. <laughs> I want to get another minivan. I miss minivan life. I'm not just because like, I'm a dad now. But like, I miss being able to just load crap in there and like just fill it with surfboards, go down to the beach, you know, right. all that sort of stuff. So we've had nothing but minivans and SUVs for the last 10 years. And we finally just bought another sedan. And I gotta say, I'm having a hard time getting it out of it. It's so close to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot how low to the ground that those those cars were. Yeah, I got I got back into four door sedans because I was commuting a lot a decade ago. Right. And then I went self employed. I'm like, why do I keep having these sedans? I'm not driving anywhere. I'd rather have like a big car. But right. yeah, I'm not gonna go around just buying cars as a hobby because I don't need another hobby. No. <laughs> right. So I'm, I I wait for everything to to completely rust out and burn to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sell cars that have any value. Yeah. I, I, other than the Mercedes, it's mostly been like minivans and junkers. Mm-hmm. And junker minivans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My minivan, when I when I had to retire it, I just had so much stuff just jerry-rigged together, like the little switch on the door that turns the light on and off. Right. Like the ring had broken off around it. Right. And, and so it was pressed in a little bit, and so it wouldn't engage anymore. So I had like pennies taped over it <laughs> so that the light would turn off. And then uh, the, thing, the thing that finally took it out is I was speeding it around because I was a dumb young person. And I went over a speed bump, which I do all the time because there's speed bumps in my neighborhood. And it, I think that I just wore the shocks out. It bottomed out on the speed bump. Yeah, you probably just, broke a shock. Uh, just cracked the oil pan. Uh, that's <laughs> so, what happened to the AMC. <laughs> so I drive up to my house. I just load out of my car like a like a dumb college kid. And my dad's standing in the front yard, probably standing there in socks and sandals with his shirt off, like watering the lawn. <laughs> and he's just standing there watching like oil pour down the street. <laughs> he's like, Ryan, your car's done. <laughs> Time to call the, uh, call the Goodwill and take a, a receipt on it. I'm trying to think of... Uh... I was leaving the dentist's office and I broke the axle in my minivan, had to tow it up to my house. And within a week, I was putting an axle in my driveway in my <laughs> car front axle. And they, they stick in with like a um, like an O-ring bushing. Mm-hmm. and But you can't pull it out and it's up on jacks, right? And so you're trying to pull it without pulling the car off the jacks, right? <laughs> and I wound up using the kid's swing right you know the the plastic swing right uh-huh. putting that around my back right and like holding the tension and i had friends like pushing against the van i'm like all right guys now let's not pull this off the jack stands ready one what? two <laughs> and like boom and they came right out and we were like like you know I I admire us, right? We're out there all patting each other on the back. Going, I'm impressed I you're still us. alive if you're pulling stunts like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we weren't under the car. Sure. I was. <laughs> I had the swing behind my back as a. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I was out, and I'm holding it, but I need to use my whole. I can't pull it with my arms. Right. It's too right. So I have to run the swing around my back, you know, and then 
get the tension there and use all my body weight. <laughs> that event was followed with, Daddy, what happened to the swing set? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They never knew. I got that swing right back up there again. It was like, it never happened. <laughs> I was proud of that engineering because we could not get that axle out that day. It's like February. It's like the one day that's like, instead of being like two degrees, it's up to like 40. It's like yeah. balmy for like February for us. I I can work on cars. Like when they break, I know what to do. Uh, I you th- don't think I can? I, I can't work on cars. I, you missed it earlier saying that I, I changed head gaskets on my first car twice. Which is, yeah, yeah. That, that's a... I'm impressed. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's no, a big deal. That's a huge deal. I, that, whenever I want to, like, legitimize myself as working on cars, I just, just, I just, just dropped, dropped the head gasket. I mean, I, I definitely <laughs> was the reason why I had to change the head gasket twice. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not on the mic, so... <laughs> That there's a lot of parts that have to come off before you get to oh, that gasket, and then you have to line it all back up, yeah, just right, right, yeah. and the right tension. I you have to put the bolts down just in the right pattern oh, it's with bad. the torque wrench. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. You have to buy the book and like follow the, the instructions. yeah the instructions because if you don't, you'll crack the head. Yeah, <laughs> even more than you. Yeah, already if you crack had. the head, you have to change the head gasket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Weird. I want <laughs> that car was a rug. I pushed... Why is all the steam coming out of the I... back of the car, Daddy? <laughs> I pushed it too hard. The, the I twisted the engine block to the point like that the exhaust manifold cracked in half, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I've never done as an exhaust manifold. I'm probably better at working on cars than I am on guitars. <laughs> but uh man, what was I about to say? Shoot, I lost it. I had a thought and it was gone. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, that that choo choo derailed. <laughs> Your train of thought derailed. <laughs> Does anyone else want to jump on the mic? Now that we've talked about cars forever? Get over here, Glenn. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. I don't want you to seem like I'm kicking from, you off. From, I just want to, like. Two, from two seats down. We've got. <laughs> Glenn Fricker. <laughs> We get a mixed salad of uh, podcast guests here. How the fuck are you, Ryan? I'm good, Glenn. How are you? <laughs> Do you want to continue our conversation last night, where I uh, I threw no. myself into talking religion with Glenn Fricker? <laughs> I'm like, why are you wasting your time? <laughs> well, you were the one who walked up to a circle of people talking about their church rigs. Oh, oh okay, right. <laughs> like, I'll just jump in this circle right now. I'm like, I'm great, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's lots of gods. Like 3,000 of them or something Glenn, like that. Glenn just jumps into the mix. It's like, your religion is a lie. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. We probably shouldn't. But I want to give people the mental image yeah, we, of that. We do going want to get down. to TGU today. And yes. we, we were drinking, so you know, there's we were lubricated enough to to have that conversation. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I don't shy away from that sort of stuff. I like okay. to talk to people who have a completely different perspective than me on things. Sure, absolutely. That's, that's how healthy. we that's how we grow as people. Is exactly. We we talk to each other. It's like that's a big problem I find with a lot of social media. 
is when you get into certain face group, groups or Reddit uh, groups or that kind of thing, it just becomes an echo chamber. Yeah, because you're you're in like a very specific group for people who already agree with you. Yeah, and it's and it's really you know, there, there's no growth there. Yeah. Exactly, there's no, no challenge, you're and that's why that's why yourself. Facebook is so fucking poisonous. Yeah, seriously, because you're like, oh, I don't like what that person said. Block, block. I'll, ne- exactly. I'll never see an opinion from them again. Right. Um, I mean, when do you when do you block people on Facebook? <laughs> I try not to. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I try these days. I mean, like you know, t- you know, when Facebook first came out, I t- you know tried doing some challenging things and what with it. One, it was fun for a little while, but I just found out I was getting sucked in. You know what I mean? Totally. Spe- spending, wasting a lot of time on unproductive debates and that kind of thing. And last, you can't change anyone's mind on Facebook. No, you definitely cannot. Yeah, all you can do is piss them off, <laughs> and that's fun too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, like for the last three years or so, believe it or not, I've actually tried to be, you know, a positive force on Facebook and just post, you know, keep, keep my posts strictly related to what I'm doing on the show mm-hmm. and keep the political opinions to myself. I kind of think. And for the most part, it seems to work. I try not to block people. I try to be the person that gets blocked. <laughs> like if, you don't, if you don't, like if you post, I, I figure if you post something on Facebook and I disagree with it, you're like, a fucking you, idiot. You've, in, you've invited this interaction. Like, yeah. I don't care who you are. And that, like, my mom blocked me on Facebook because I, I wouldn't put up with, like, stuff that she would post. And like, mom, here's, you know, here's this reason, here's this reason. And there was a major family meltdown. And she's like, we can't, we can't be Facebook friends anymore. <laughs> Good for you, man. <laughs> it's like, I got blocked by my aunt because I curse too much. You know, oh, I'm sorry. I just can't, I just can't deal, abide by that language. And it's just like... Yeah, okay, that's what, you know, it's like, that's fine, that's fine, obviously. You didn't listen to any George Carlin when you were a kid. No, I didn't. No, no, I meant my aunt. Oh, your mom. My, my aunt. Oh, your aunt, <laughs> yes. sorry. Yes, I do get a lot of shit, shit from my family. Oh, you swear too much. It's like, well, I'm sorry, okay, I grew up listening to guys like George Carlin and Eddie Murphy. You yeah. want to you wanna hear George Carlin's story from my family? Okay. My dad used to be a, a lifeguard in Ventura. Oh, cool. And he was working one day, and it was just overcast cold nothing going on like fog rolling up the beach and this uh and this is like in the early 70s or something like okay and this this old guy's walking up and down the uh the boardwalk or whatever and like talking to himself and he he comes up to the lifeguard tower and he's like hey you mind if i uh you mind if i like try some stuff on you and my dad didn't know who he was at first and like as he's sitting there he's like starts like pulling jokes on him he's like this is george carlin like George Carlin is testing his material on me on a lifeguard tower. Amazing. He also got in a car accident with uh, Alice from the the Brady Bunch. Oh, your dad did? <laughs> My dad did. Oh man! So did, Al- did Alice from the Brady Bunch swear at him? Probably. <laughs> uh, Ann B. Davis. That was her name. I would have had. I'd have, I'd have I grew no up, idea. I grew up watching the Brady Bunch. Sorry. I know. Like. There's all kinds of people I encounter online and whatnot who are sure. like, oh, you won't know what this is, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're too young. I'm not that. I'm 37. But, like, I'm, people say I'm a, a millennial, whatever. Like, no, you're not a millennial. In the 80s and the 90s, like, everything got syndicated on TV. You yep. come home from school, you know, uh, uh, Lost in Space is on, Leave it to Beavers on. Like, all this stuff is on. You stay home from school and it, like, it gets even crazier. Like, I, I watched, uh, you know, the Annie Griffith show and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, my family had piles of records and stuff. I listened to all kinds of old stuff. And I think, like, that line between people who aren't familiar with 
like much older stuff is further. You sure. know? Once you get into like the internet and people go on their own journey instead of like having to resort to the entertainment that was provided. Just provided yeah. That's the line where people aren't familiar with like previous pop culture. Sure. That sounds fair. That sounds yeah. that sounds reasonable. Yeah. But I agree. I'm not a millennial. Like yeah. My whole life, like you're, you're, you're like borderline Gen X. Yeah, people have called me Gen X as you know as like an insult. Like, oh, these freaking Gen Xers, and now I have to be a millennial. Stick stick with one term. Come on. Sure, fair enough. So I had uh, I had my one celebrity encounter there in L.A. a couple weeks back. Actually, since you're talking about you know yeah yeah N.B. Davis, um, I sat down for coffee in Los Feliz the other day I'm with my buddy. He sits down right in front of me and the. Guy sitting at the table right behind us, John Malkovich. <laughs> I'm like, I just got a little looked at him. Nice. He looked at me, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to just drink my coffee and not bother to the guy. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. Way too much respect for him to go up and bug him. He's, he's, he's on his day off. Fuck, yeah, fuck yeah. that. I'm not going to be that guy. I wouldn't want to. I feel like I wouldn't want to interact with John Malkovich. I feel like it would be too intense or it would be weird. It would be awkward. Well, that, that's the other thing. Yeah. I'm, well, and again, it's, it's like, I read, did you ever read the Neil Peart books? I don't read books. I don't okay. have time. Sorry. All right. All right. Well, I, no, I read these a few years ago before YouTube took off. And- I'm illiterate. Mm. <laughs> so that's why you believe the Bible. <laughs> okay. But seriously, you read the Neil Peart books, and um, he talks about that because like, that kind of shit really embarrasses the shit out of him. Uh-huh. Is people just come up to him and like, oh, I love you. You know, it's like, he's like, he's like. Isn't just playing drums enough? Yeah, seriously. And, and I'm like, okay. And, I, and I, I totally get where he's coming from, and I, I totally respect that. So it's just like, hey, you kids out there, if you ever run into Neil Peart, don't bother him. Or do. And film it. <laughs> I, that's cruel. <laughs> Sorry, Neil. He's a, he's, a, he's a super nice guy. Yeah, it's just, don't just, bother Neil. Yeah, just yeah, don't, don't, don't be the fangirl to him because it just embarrasses yeah. him. Do you know who uh, Reese Darby is? I've heard the name. I've heard the name, yes. From uh, Flight of the Concords. Oh, yeah. Which one was he? The tall one or the short one? He's Mur- uh, Murray. Oh, the, the manager. manager. Yeah. yeah, the manager. So <laughs> we, my wife and I had just watched his vampire movie that he was in. He was a werewolf in, in, that, in uh, okay. What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, okay. And we were just like loving him as an actor, as a comedian. We were driving around and like doing his voice and like saying ridiculous things and having a great time. And we head down to the San Diego Zoo to just like hang out for the day. And we're walking around looking at animals and my wife grabs me by the shoulder and she pulls me back behind like the monkey cage or whatever and she's like, he's here. <laughs> I'm like, who's here? He's here. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And I look around and he's like checking out the grizzly bears and he's with his whole family. Way taller than I thought he was going to be, by the way. Okay. Really tall dude. Um, he's this big on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> but we're like, what do we, what do we do? What do we do? We love this guy. And we just decide like, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do that'll add anything to his day. Yep. There's nothing that will enrich him and like, like make him have a better time. He's with his family at the zoo. Oh, he was with his family. Yeah. So like, like, yeah, give him some space. We just like sneak back over by him awkwardly and stand behind him and his family and watch like him. And like, I think it looks like, like his 10 year old son just make dirty jokes about the bears (laughs) for like 20 minutes. And we're just sitting there listening. And Oh, when we were walking back towards him, he like looked over at us and he, he shot this look at us. Like he knew that Mm. we knew. And he gave us this look like, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I didn't think we were going to end up talking about celebrity encounters. 
It's it, it's fucking weird. Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> I mean, like I bumped into R.J. Mitty once. Uh, Who's I, that? He he was the uh, he played the son on Breaking Bad. Okay, yep. a, sh- I bumped gonna- into him on Sunset, like right out in front of the rainbow, and I'm just kind of like, "Hey, dude, how's it going?" Yeah, because he was always shaking hands, and that kind of shit. And I thought, "Okay, that's cool." Yeah, just he's like, shaking hands. Exactly. I'm you just like, oh, your yeah. hand shook. I, was, I was just like jump, jumping into an Uber, and I'm like, "Oh, hey, love your work, man. Have a great night." You know that kind of thing. He's like, "Oh, nice to meet you." You know, yeah, he, yeah. He was totally cool about it. You know, but yeah, generally. Unless it's at like some kind of public function, or, sure, sure. or you know they're like actively engaging with people, just leave them the fuck alone. I feel like if you're at Nam, yeah, that's 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 a little different. Yeah, you, pe- people are going to come up and talk to you. I talked to Mark Marin at Nam. Who's he, that? He's a big podcaster. He's an oh. actor too. Oh, okay, comedian. Cool. Sure. Uh, you're, <laughs> this story's not going to be as interesting to you if you don't know who he is. Uh, did you watch the uh, the? Uh, Glow on Netflix. Yes, he's the manager. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's got this huge podcast where he interviews people. He interviewed Obama on oh, a podcast. Wow. I feel like if you interview the president, it's not a podcast anymore. You've got something else. <laughs> so he's at Nam because he plays guitars. He's a big Gibson freak. All oh, right, on. I run in. I see him in the Gibson booth, and oh, someone Don't. dropped something. <laughs> And uh, it was Pete Thorne. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking one way. I'm walking the other way down an aisle. I look up. I see him. And like it sparks in my mind like that's Mark Marin. And like my hand goes out like this just by instinct. And he sees it. So his hand goes out and we shake hands. And he's looking at me like, is this a person I'm supposed to meet at Gibson? <laughs> and, and I'm like. Big fan, <laughs> and, and he's like, "Oh, okay." And then he ah, keeps going. Ah. And then later in the day, like an hour later, I see him at a different booth. I've composed myself. I've come down from running into the top podcaster in the game. Okay, and uh, and he's leaving a booth. I go like, "Hey, Mark, uh, I ran into you earlier. I'm a podcaster as well." He's like, "Oh yeah, you're that weirdo." Yeah. <laughs> and I, I hand him my card and like, we, you know, we're a guitar podcast and we you know, talk about all this stuff. Give us a listen sometime if you want. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give it a listen." Yeah, and as like, and as he's walking away, uh, I'm like, "Ah, you're not going to listen to it." And he's like. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It was like, like if you're familiar with him and like his sense of humor and like we oh, okay. it was like the perfect like moment to have like an interaction with him. Like okay. there it is. There's you know, there's this guy's personality. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had an interesting one. I was in um, New York City for AES a couple of years ago, Audio Engineering Society Convention. Lots of fun if you're into like audio gear and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in audio gear like you're into guitars. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So well, you've got a studio and stuff. Yes, exactly. I record in a garage. I, I have two studios right now. Two I've, studios. I've got one in Canada, one in Hollywood. So that I share with Warren. So it's Warren here from Produce Like a Pro. It's a pretty awesome room. Anyway, um, so we're in New York, and I had just taken my wife to go see the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, we had a, we had a blast because you know we'd never been to Broadway and whatnot. It was it was really amazing. I was you know just like you know top level actors doing their thing, and it was just like wow. It's like almost like a live action movie. Like totally. they, were, they were that good. I haven't seen that one yet, but it is hilarious. Yeah. It is absolutely hysterical, and yeah, you really got to learn the song Hasidic Evil Eye. It's pretty <laughs> pretty awesome. And anyway, so uh, we're walking back through Times Square, and this kid stops me. And I see if you can take a selfie. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know, because it's like, again, going back to the rush thing. Okay, you know, Neil Peart always got fucking Peart, excuse me, always got embarrassed by getting stopped. Whereas Getty Lee said, if somebody stops me, I've got time for that. 
which mm. I thought was incredibly cool. Yeah, because you know he, he knows who he knows who, he knows who Butters is. Brett, I mean, like sure, yeah, it's, he, it's like the whole reason he's there is because the fans. So it's like you know that's public life. So that's the price you pay. And you know they they enjoy it. And I do too. So you know this kid asked, "Can I take a selfie with you?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" So we get all his buddies in, and we all take a picture and right in the heart of Times Square, and it was it was really cool. And you know. And um, you know, my wife's just glaring at me. She's standing there with her arms crossed. She's just glaring at me. And, you know, she, she's pissed. Right. You know, because it's her night. It's date yeah, night. Yeah. You know, and I'd taken time away from her, you know, to spend with a fan. And honestly, I, I chewed her out right there. I said, hey, the whole reason we are here is because of that kid and his friends and everybody else who watches the show. That's uh-huh. the only reason we're here. I said, if somebody stops, we're in public, and somebody stops and asks if they can, you know, take a picture or something like that, we make the time mm-hmm. every time. Yeah, and and I said because the last thing I want is that kid to go home and say that guy's an asshole. Yeah, Glenn Don't want blew him. me off, and he yeah. didn't be in the comments every video. And like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Way really to blow fucking... me off, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I just, you know, it's like I didn't want to ruin that kid's night. You know, sure, you, sure. you know, it, it put a smile, you know, it put a smile on his face. He went off and did his thing, and you know, I explained that to my wife, and I think she kind of eventually understood about six hours later. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the next day? Yeah, pretty much. She's like, okay, yeah, you might have a point. <laughs> So yeah, that's generally just generally been my policy as a YouTuber. I'm, I'm, I, as I see it, I've been incredibly lucky to be able to make a career on YouTube and yeah, yeah. That. And you know, like I said, if somebody stops me, of course I'm going to take the time to talk to them. It was insane. I remember going to uh, going to Anderton's in England a few years back, and I took the train in. And uh, again, I was with the wife. She, we were like right around the corner from the British Museum. So we went one day, and we got evacuated because of a terrorist threat. Believe it or not. And so she wanted to go back. And I'm like, great. Well, they so, knew you were coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. But um, we got. She got evacuated. Or um, she's like, I want to go back to the museum. I'm like, great. I want to go down to Anderton's and go say hi and hang out for a little bit. And it was hilarious. Just the walk from the train station to Anderton's, I got stopped like seven times. <laughs> my kids, Glenn, what are you doing here? Because like England's my second biggest market uh-huh. next to the states. Oh, totally. Yeah, and and it, it, it was just hilarious. And I got to hang out at Anderton's for a few hangers. I always got to hang out with Rabia and Lee and everybody. And yeah, we just had a blast. It, it was it was a lot of fun. But, the time uh, when I've I've been recognized the most is. At Sweetwater's Gear Fest. Oh, I love Gear Fest. And it was all the employees. <laughs> I mean, I did a video where I like was a little bit drunk and I reviewed their candy, <laughs> and then I name dropped my Sweetwater rep, and I think he passed it around to everyone. Nice. <laughs> so I was walking around, and everyone with a Sweetwater shirt was like, "Ah, I know you." <laughs> cool. Other so, than that, I think I've only been recognized once, like out in regular public, and it was someone who works at my local In and Out. Oh, right. I was like, this is amazing, but it's also like, do I have to find a new in and out <laughs> It's hilarious. I remember I got recognized by a kid working at a Carl's Jr. Like, when we were driving from, like, Corona to Vegas, we stopped off at a Carl's Jr. Or Did something. he yell, like, fuck you, Glenn? No, no, <laughs> he's, he's, like, you. he's like, oh, I love your show, dude. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Was it, it's bizarre. I remember we're, we're, uh, we're in downtown Vegas, uh, like, just before last Nam, mm-hmm. and uh, we walk in to get some breakfast or something like that, and the kid working, working the, at the store is like, Glenn, I love your show. And I'm just like, okay, this, this is fun. This is neat. You know, so nice. so. Thank you to everybody out there who, who watches my show. Um, I really, really do appreciate it all is, of you guys. It is crazy, this thing that we do, yeah. right? It, it, I mean, you're, you, you also you do studio stuff. You're also, like, making money elsewhere. 
as you know involved in music but before i started doing this like guitar was literally just a hobby like every band that i had was literally a hobby band sure like maybe dozens of fans at most sure this is the most successful thing i've ever done in music and it same here it's, it blows my mind yeah. that i get to do this that toman freaking flies me out to germany twice now i didn't think yeah. i was going to get invited back <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> i thought they were evolve the concept a little better and like that was a good test run Guys like that don't need to come back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, I don't know, man. It, it, yeah, just, I'm just like, I can't believe my, my, my good fortune. So I'm, I'm yeah. very thankful to everybody who watches the show and supports and all that kind of stuff. You guys are amazing. So I'm, I'm kind of eyeing this Zoom unit here. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife bought this for me. Oh, very good. And yeah. does it have a limiter? Check! Yeah. One, two. Okay. It's got a very nice limiter. It's nice and smooth. Okay, cool. I've never had clipping. That is the super limiter cool. limiter is engaged. And that, yeah, you can mount on a tripod mount. Yeah. And what, what's the, uh, what's is, the They have there? little capsules you can put up here. So you can oh, put, it, you oh, can put an your, XY oh, on Oh, that's it. your XY. You can put a shotgun on it. Okay. Uh, you can actually put a capsule on here that gives you two more XLR plugs. Oh, wow. So you can run six six, six channels at the same time. Okay, that's, that's actually pretty sick. Yeah. I've got like a little XLR mount. Um recorder yeah it just it just plugs into the back of your microphone and records which is really cool yeah too. i've got the little uh task cam one. yeah that's one yeah that, i use that all the time yeah and that's i'm great. always here here's my issue with that one i can't see the levels on it and i'm the one who's going to use it and there's usually no one else around so i can't tell like if well, i got a good level what you do it. you crank it up all the way and make sure you set it to dual record because it'll record two channels One's one six dB is quieter than the other, so if you peak, that's smart. Uh, you've got a backup, and it's got a limiter as well. Yeah, so. I use it for other like video production okay. stuff when I, I like, shooting a wedding or something like that. All right, like, cool. I set it up for the person, and they're like, "Oh, use this." And yeah, so this has got a built-in limiter, so you're not going to peak. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's got a couple different limiters, and there's like like studio limiter versus like a couple other styles. I just that's set great. it on studio, and I've left it for three years now, <laughs> <laughs> and it saves my ass every time. Whatever, whatever works, whatever works, man. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. It looks like mm. you're a little. You've been running a little hot, but it'll be fine. Yeah, it yeah. should be. <sighs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna pass. Anyone the else want to jump yeah. on? Get in here, man. Either of you. It's coffee time for me. <laughs> At some point, I have to eat breakfast. Oh, you haven't eaten yet. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I had a little bit of sausage. I had a little bit of bacon. Uh, I'm big into food. Yeah. I know oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. All, I don't fully look like it, but like I, I've, you look I've like had, you eat a lot of fish tacos. I like fish tacos, but like all my plates here in Germany have just been kind of mounds. Yeah, I'm oh. like I got to try everything. I actually took it easy at dinner last night. I was just kind of like I went too cooked. hard. Yeah, I I, I, I saw done. the beef and I was like, yeah, give me four slices. And the everyone beef else was, was doing too. The beef was nice. The fish was really good too. The fish was really good. Yeah, yeah it was a, a perch. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was quite good. Some sort of really nice seasoning on that perch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Only Nicely a few done. bones, not did, too many did bones. Did you try that white creamy beef? That was pretty gross. I took a bite. I like, saw nope, that. Not, I was like, that, like that's like, not nope. my style yeah, at all. Like, nope, no, nope. <laughs> I mean, white. Yes, it was disgusting. White creamy beef is my uh, my gang name. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's white creamy beef. So how are you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You have the best shirts in the game. I, I brought two shirts with me, and you're just so impressed with them. No, well, I, well, well, I brought two well, shirts, too. Well, you I brought... obviously spent between 10 and 12 minutes looking at five shirts and chose two shirts to okay. bring. Busted. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not five shirts. I've got a closet full of shirts. <laughs> um, but are they all like that? 
yeah, I try to get like busy, like crazy patterns and wild colors and stuff. But are you generally a button-down guy? No, usually I wear T-shirts. Yeah, uh, but I like to you like more flow. Uh, I like to be comfortable. But the reason I started wearing Hawaiian shirts and pattern shirts in like videos when I do it is like I, I record in the garage. Uh huh. Even when I used to record in the house, the house doesn't have AC. It gets hot. You know how it is. You do three. Wait, a minute. You do wait, 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 wait. Your house doesn't have AC. I know. I'm surprised too. I've got we've got a portable unit in the bedroom so we can sleep at night, but we don't have central AC. The house was built in the 70s. They didn't put AC units in, the, in houses in San Diego. So you have window units? Uh, it's like one of those portable floor units. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, San Diego, though, I mean, does it... Does it's it, 72 most of the I was going to say, does it, get, does it change? It does. It does actually get cold. <laughs> it'll get down into the 50s. I'm sorry, cold. cold. It get, <laughs> it'll get down into the 50s in the winter. That's California cold. And like in the peak of summer, like, like August, September... It'll get up into mid high eighties yeah. every now and then. Freak day into a hundred or something like that. Yeah. So you do need it every now and then, but I think they figured in the seventies, like it was more of a luxury. People put their own in, or like so when it gets super hot, you just like go to Walmart. What do you do? Go to the beach. Go to the pool. Go to the movies. Yeah, Walmart. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the movies. Yeah. Did yeah. That. Because I hate it in L.A. Yeah, they, we we have a few WalMarts. Thankfully, not in my town. How, now, how far are you outside? I just of the polarized city? the audience on Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? I said, "How far are you outside of the city?" I should be interviewing you. You're interviewing me. I'm a well like, because I'm so intrigued by you. <laughs> he really, he's been following me around and just like this thing that you did. I'm just still thinking about it. Um, yeah, I, it's true. Uh, how familiar with San Diego are you? I've been there probably five times. Do you know where Miramar Air Base is? Yes. I live just north of there. Okay, gotcha. I grew, I grew up with Top Gun jets flying over my house, breaking the sound barrier because they assholes. Got <laughs> it. Yeah, my, my first time I went to San Diego, I um, lived in L.A. and I We're had, geography podcasting. <laughs> this is a thing that we do. <laughs> is that a thing? Is it, yeah. <laughs> From the beginning of the show, like, we always slide into geography podcasting. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I lived I lived in LA, and um, I went out to, to school. I went to GIT, and I brought this old Taylor uh, acoustic guitar that I had, and it's actually a really funny story. So I found it in a pawn shop for a thousand bucks in Miami. Right? It's a cherry, cherry Taylor. It's five ten from like eighty two. Wow! Or some so one that. That Bob was in the room with when it built, or maybe he touched it a few times. Yeah, exactly. Or he built it. I don't want to sound like I'm like so something on Bob. <laughs> so 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 I so I was out there, and it had you know cracks in the front thing. Like it was mm-hmm. it was fucked up, but it's one of those magic fucking guitars, yeah. man. You know, it's it's one of those that like it just you hit it and it'll ring for. Two, three, it'll, it'll ring basically indefinitely yeah. on its own. Like it just, which it, is a big problem. Like you wake up in the middle of the night and it's just sitting there humming. You have to walk over the guitar and put your hand on it. Uh, no, it is a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> have you considered the fact that it might be haunted? <laughs> it, all, n- no, but my wife is convinced that our house is haunted, and I and I told Here we her, go. and I told her that you know I'm very good at detecting haunted houses. You know, I, I, this, this is one of my one of my obscure skills. Yeah. Is well, that, I had my house uh, inspected and certified before I moved in. Ghost free. 
I is, got the plaque is, on is the wall. Is that a San Diego thing? No, I'm <laughs> just okay, making a joke. Okay, <laughs> no, okay, but going. Do people we're, do we're, that? We're gonna get okay. We're gonna get back to San Diego. Okay, but but <clears throat> I used to live in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, okay. Now in Charleston, South Carolina, there's actually a poltergeist clause in all of the cities. Not the state, all of the city's real estate transactions, right? Literally, literally meaning if you don't tell someone that they're buying a haunted house, you can get your money back. If you, if you buy the house yeah. and you say, I can't sleep here because this, this, it's haunted. There, there's someone sitting on my chest every time I lay down to go to sleep, they're going to give you your money back. It's on the books. And I'll, I'll take it one it step further. It seems like the sort of thing people could abuse. Well, so <clears throat> it goes further. So when you, when you live there, chances are very high that you're going to live in a haunted house, right? Yeah. I've had... I've had, I've had For reasons. <laughs> you, guys, you guys think I'm screwing with you, but this is real talk right now, okay? <laughs> this is a real thing. Uh, they have a whole... Uh, house like in the city like an office where you can go to and they keep records of all the ghost stories and reports and they time to each address for like 300 years right you know and yeah. so and so you can go and check out where you know what the story is like how you know in your house and you can see if this stuff is bullshit or not yeah oh like you look it up and you're like BS is a different ghost every time. There's not that many ghosts in that house. Like, if you see right. consistency, though, same ghost every time, okay. you know, it's probably legit. Dude, there's insane consistency. This guy's getting wound up. Dude. <laughs> He's ready to just go for it. Dude, this is, I'm telling you, man, <clears throat> this is the thing. You know, like, I, I tried to tell my wife, I was like, listen, I, I have experience in this department. Our house isn't haunted. You're just, you know... Shade delirious because we have three kids and our life is insane. Uh huh. You know, you, we don't sleep much and you work out three times a day. So like maybe. Yeah, my house is haunted by a five year old. <laughs> you took you took the words out of my. Things, things are always broken. There's all these noises. I can't sleep. <laughs> so so in the house I lived in, it's 99 Bull Street in 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 Charleston, and I lived on the basement floor. Okay, and there are different experiences between men and women. So the men, obviously, you don't say. Obviously, I'm a man. You know, I haven't ex- checked. I can't confirm. Experienced your standard doors opening, close. Uh-huh. You know, it gets all of a sudden extremely cold in the room, and then extremely hot. Do you have AC? Uh, yeah. That might be, might be turning on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're talking... No, a, I, want, I know what you mean. You find cold spots. and the Random cold spots. You bust out the thermal cam and there's like this creepy handprint on the wall. Yeah, yeah. But the women, though, the thing in this house in particular was that they always felt when they got to the, stop, the top of the main staircase up top, uh-huh. they felt hands on their back. And they were pushed down the stairs, right? Ooh, and spooky. And, and of course, and of course, we're in college, and just like, and it's like, no, you've just been, you know, shotgunning, you know, <laughs> Appletinis, bud, bud ice for four hours, <laughs> Smirnoffs, and you're wearing Zima, and, and, Zimas, and, and we're yeah, right, and we're in the south, so that means 
no matter how much you've had to drink, all the women are still wearing heels like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, no, you just, you just can't walk because you're hammered drunk. But no, they all say the same thing. Like someone pushed them at the top of the stairs. And then, am I peeking? A little. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. Yeah. There's a nice limiter on here. Glenn and I already discussed it. You'll be safe. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let me know no if worries. I'm peeking. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we're like, all right, this is, this, is, this is some bullshit, right? Whatever. Now, getting on to the real part of the story, okay? So there's this one time when I was in the house when no one was gone because it was August. And the semester started, you know, September, right? But I got there two weeks early. And so no one was in town yet. No one was in town at all. And uh, it was one of those things where my room was the second room in, uh, in the basement. And I just couldn't sleep. I always felt like, like no shit, like someone was like sitting on my chest or laying there with me. The best, the best way I can explain it is that if you know someone else's home, yeah. you know someone else's home, yeah. right? And you know when the house is empty. Like, this who's, place who's was, there? Who's home, you know? Yeah, like, you just, you just, <clears throat> you can tell when there's another a person there. A presence. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, you just, you just know if the house is empty, and if you, even if they're asleep upstairs, even if your five-year-old is asleep, two floors above, you can feel they're there, you just know it, right? Yeah. I never felt alone, even though I was alone for two well, weeks. Well, that's there. kind of comforting. You never feel alone. There's always someone there with you. All right. So, 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 but what happened? It was, means you can leave on vacation. And know everything's going to be watched over. Yeah, that's not how I felt. Though. <laughs> so, 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 what happened was, is that I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And so I started becoming pretty delirious. Right, because I wasn't sleeping for days and days and days because I would literally be laying in this bed, and I would uh, it feel like someone was either laying on top of me or next to me constantly. I stand up and go to the couch, and I feel like someone was next to me. It was it was it was messed up. So I started sleep trying to sleep out on the couch. I moved my alarm clock, moved everything out of my room onto my couch in the middle because there was just some black hole happening in that room yeah and then you know since i'm a guitar player you know i started you know medicating myself like just trying to play guitar all day i'm playing guitar one day and i'm just riffing whatever the alarm clock falls off the thing i'm like what the fuck is this this is what the hell's going on right it just it just flies off and hits the ground and and so I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I keep playing, right? And then I had two stacks of CDs on the other side of this TV. The first stack of CDs flies off, right? Flies off. The, 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 this is a real conversation. This actually happened. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It, it, it flies off, right? And I throw my guitar down, and I'm like, what the? Right? And in my... I haven't slept in three or four days state of delirium or whatever it is. Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, you know what? I knew this fucking place was haunted. I yeah. knew it. You know, I'm feeling it. And I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to try to communicate with these ghosts. Here right. we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try to communicate with these ghosts. And so I take my, take my shirt off. You know? <laughs> That's not what I thought your like, go-to move would be. <laughs> Well, you have to remember, this is, a, this is an intense shirts. state of delirium. Shirts versus skins. Ghost fighter. 
Well, whenever you fight, you got to take your shirt off if you're serious. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, so I start trying to engage this ghost, right? And I'm like, you know, having like this. Uh, Show yourself, spirit. I'm having this. Right. I'm trying to summon them. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, if, if you're real, if you're real. You know, show me, right? And we're I'm playing like four or five minutes, and I'm like ripping. The other stack of CDs flies off the, on the other side of the TV, right? Uh-huh. Something's something's fucking up, right? Yeah. I immediately all the all the hair on my skin stands up, right? And and I'm like, and I go outside, and I go and I sit on my porch. Okay. Now, I live in a basement, but there's like a little sunken walking down porch area, uh-huh. right? And I'm sitting on the porch, and I'm like hyperventilating because, like, this happened. Yeah, yeah. And out of nowhere, this woman, this girl, comes around the corner. Now I'm not on the street; I'm behind, so she had to come through the parking lot. Yeah. Right. She comes around the corner, comes down my steps, and sits right across from me on my fucking porch. Right. Yeah. And looks me straight in the eye and looks at me the way that you looks at somebody when like you've known them like your whole life, like looks through you. And 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 she goes, do you live here? And I said, yes. She's like, do you live in the middle room? And I was like, yes. And she's like, it's not you. It's real. I was walking by here. And I had a feeling that someone was going through what I went through when I lived here. And I had a feeling you'd be here. And I just... Major chills right now. Dude, and I I knew that you'd be here. And I wanted to come and tell you that you're not crazy. It's a thing. Like, this is real. And then she stood up and she walked the fuck away. Dead serious, and so I'm telling, I'm telling, I'm telling this story. She does that to everyone. <laughs> but I mean, at the exact moment, yeah, and yeah. Knew which room I was staying That's in? That's wild. It was insanity, right? And all my friends still to this day are like, "Was she wearing clothes from the 1600s?" <laughs> no, she she looked like she was from the future. <laughs> yeah, and no, no, she was. I mean, she was same age as I was, maybe two years older, because she mm. lived there two years before I did. But so I'm telling this to my friends and the p- other people that live in the building, because there's probably eight units in the building. It's this old conversion, converted southern mansion. Excuse me. And then everybody else starts sharing stories, right? Yeah. About the girls being pushed down the stairs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, people start realizing it's okay that we can admit these things, right? And then someone tells me, "You can go and look this shit up." And I'm like, "What the?" talking about you can look this stuff up like like aren't we just all like hallucinating because we're in college right, right. and we're taking boomers all the time no 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 right so you can go to this place in the city and they keep records of this stuff so when people have these stories they keep these records no shit went there okay and when i say that all the experiences were the same for the past 300 years i mean yeah basically identical and there's That's no crazy. and there's no way that any of this was passed on verbally or written or any other way from one of these people to another. I mean, these are these it are. It always ends with a person discovering the book in the library, like, oh, they had the same experience as me. To the point where I went to the bank one day to deposit a check, and there was an old lady, you know, eighty-five. That's old. Eighty-nine. I'm, I'm, you're talking full gray. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
like all the way there, saw my address and said, I lived there. Are the girls still being pushed down the stairs? Oh, dead serious, dead serious. And I was, and I, and I was like, this, this, this is insane. This is insane. So I, so, so I went to the place and the story is apparently that, so this is a pink house. It's a giant pink house. I don't know what color it was back in the day, but chances are it's probably pink because it's Charleston. But well, if the stories are true, it's probably just dripping with blood all the time. <laughs> well, so apparently it wasn't it's pink because the blood got old. So, so apparently, the owner of the building was this ship merchant captain, right? Uh-huh. And he went away to sea, and obviously, you know, there's no cell phones or anything back then, and uh, enough years had passed where they just assumed he died, and so his wife. Got shacked up with someone else. Yeah. And he came home some random day, and his wife was there with some other man, murdered them both, and then killed himself. And they're all buried underneath that middle room in the basement. Why would you ever bury anyone underneath a room? That's the story. That's the story. Of 99 Bull Street, Charleston, South Carolina, 29401. So, getting back to the San Diego... Do you want to hear the, a ghost story from my neighbor? Uh, yes, I have. Right, to I'm know. sure you want to talk about the Whaley House or something like that. No, no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. San Diego's no. most famous haunted house. But I was just trying to. I was just trying to bring it back. It's like the reason. I oh, went, okay. Reason I went to the. All right. Let me let me finish the story. Okay, real finish quick. the story. Yeah. I'll so, let you. I'll let you do what you were trying to do. No, no, it's 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 fine. I don't know how we got on this random tangent. I didn't stop you. This is good stuff. Yeah. Well, so so when I lived in when I lived in L.A., I totally don't know how we got on this ghost story. But when we lived in L.A., um, <laughs> yeah, the sustain on your tailor—that's how we got there. Because I said ghosts were sustaining; it was haunted. It's my fault. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So when I lived in L.A. and I went to GIT, I brought my Cherry Taylor 1982 510 out there. Which is, again, it's one of those magic guitars, right? But it was beat to shit. The dude didn't care about it at sure, all. Sure. Yeah, didn't care about it at all. Didn't keep it in any type of, anything that resembled proper humidity or anything. Like it was cracked all over. And so I went to Taylor to get it fixed and go through the whole rehumidification process and all that. So I went down and met everybody down there. And I brought the guitar and all the guys in the shop were like, holy shit, what's this guitar? Like, because it's, literally made of cherry and it's like it's like so thin the tops and stuff that it's like it's got that pop like a it's it's so toppy and the cool thing is even back then they kept records of every single um custom order that they did and so they looked at the serial number they called it up and it's like you know the dude picked out every little thing long story short they offered me seven thousand dollars on the spot to take Whoa. this to take this beat to shit Cherry Five Ten from '82, and I bought it for a thousand bucks in Miami on a pawn shop, sitting on the wall, you know, out of nowhere. Nice. And I I did not sell it. Oh, you you kept it. Kept it. You still have it. It's the only acoustic I have. It's the only acoustic. But you know, anytime you get in financial trouble, you can just call up Taylor and be like I still have it yeah. what do you want to do <laughs> oh dude they'll take it man yeah. and, and like and like it's like it's 
pretty beat up. Like, yeah. like it's it's. There's been some aggressive right hand. Well, they'd probably want to hang it on the wall and be like, "Here's an example of an early Taylor or something like that." It's it's. It's an impossibly thin top. It's yeah. actually made of cherry. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's 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 uh, it's it's just extremely special. It's totally. just one of those things. Someone someone obviously developed a huge like cocaine problem and it had to disappear and yeah, yeah. And, and, and made itself to a pawn shop in Miami. Something terrible <laughs> happened. I don't know. So going back to ghost stories, mm. I have this house next, home, next door to me that gets rented out to like college students, like four or five dudes at a time. And, and years back, one of them was like, I think the house is haunted. He's telling us this, like, over the fence. We're like, really? What's going on? He's like, I lay in the bed at night up, up in the master bedroom, and there's, like, vertical blinds. And every now and then, there's no AC. There's no heater on or anything like that. All the windows are closed. Every now and then, it's just like, like the, the blinds start freaking out. I sit there, and I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> and he's like, it happened, like, like, three days in a row. It woke me up in the middle of the night, and I sat up in bed, and I looked at the blinds, and I shouted, fuck! You ghost, <laughs> and it never happened again. <laughs> it was a very timid ghost over there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. Well, now see, but this is San Diego, right? Yeah, San Diego is only like 150 years old, right? There were Native Americans there. People have lived there for thousands of years. That's true. Forgive me for doing what the standard there's... American thing to think that nothing happened before, like, yeah, the, the only, actual city was incorporated. That only, that only white Americans can be ghosts. But. <laughs> what a racist. <laughs> I'm an Ghostist? E- I'm an equal opportunity hauncher. <laughs> Warren, we're telling ghost stories. Do you have a ghost story? I don't. We actually. But I do have a UFO story. Can I tell that? Can we do it? For absolute real. Okay, I, gotta, okay. I, I need to get coffee. Make it, make it so quick because i got to go get my stuff really and we got to get it on the bus. For, at, for actual real, I know. I, gotta, I haven't had any breakfast. Sit down. No, for real. I, I, I was driving uh, with a friend to San Francisco. I'd only lived in America for about six months. We drove to San Francisco. And no word of a lie because I'm not like, Mr. Whatever, you know. We're driving along and there's these like four lights. They're like two stacked on top of each other, slightly at an angle. And they're just like kind of coming towards us. And I thought, oh, it must be a crop duster or something like that, because obviously it's up in the air. And it was doing this, and suddenly it stopped and went, <laughs> for absolute real. And I'm with my friend, I was like, did you see that? Like, yep, no one will believe us. So I don't have a ghost story, but I do have a UFO. I don't know Riveting. what it was. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was just, yeah, but it yeah. went so fast like that, it was not a helicopter. It just, but it, we thought, oh, it's a crop dusting plane. And where were you in the state? Yeah, we were just driving from L.A. to San Francisco. So somewhere in the, in the middle up there? Yeah, like 8 p.m. or something. It was a winter, so it was dark. We swamp gas. <laughs> yeah, All right. swamp gas. Glenn, I'm sure, has some ghost stories. We already, we already we're, did, oh, Glenn. Already yeah, yeah, okay. Glenn can do the outro with me, because i got to go pack up my rig I'm, so we I'm, can get I'm, on the I'm bus. I'm imagining it was probably some kind of military vehicle, probably like, you know, the F-22 or something I like mean, that, checking, testing its VTOL ca- even ca- if, capabilities. I mean, look, I mean we're, just, we're just tearing this apart now that he's gone, but it's like, the coast of California isn't that far from Edwards Air Force yeah, Base. exactly, so... I've been I've been out on the on the desert roads out there and getting freaking 
like like buzzed by a B two bomber. Like sure, they do stuff out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More than likely, you know, the, when you eliminate the impossible, you know, whatever's left tends Honestly, to be real. I think a lot of stuff like that, where you see something move in an irrational way, yeah, it's very far away. It just probably has something to do with the angle you're at. It's perspective. Yes, exactly. It's heading towards you, and you can't tell that it's heading towards you because it's. Right. it's 40 miles away. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it makes a turn, and it looks like it just accelerated like crazy. And, you know, a lot of modern military aircraft or experimental military aircraft have vectored thrust, so they can do abrupt turns and that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that UFOs, BS, ghosts, though. Well, no, no, unidentified <laughs> flying object, sure, he didn't know what it was. Right, he didn't, he didn't identify it. Exactly. That's real. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, there's one, one real, actually, I, of UFOs, I can't, I can't identify one most case of a, There's one documented case of um, a UFO with actual evidence. It actually went up in Avi- Aviation Weekly. You've seen contrails, you know, they're not big, smooth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, why not? This picture will look like donuts on a rope. It was puffy. Yeah. It, it had, like, the, the contrail in the middle, but it had these little puffs along. That is evidence of a pulse jet. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. That's probably on some top secret aircraft that uh, nobody can talk about. But if, if you look it up on, on Google, uh, you look up the donuts on a rope picture. It's pretty, pretty freaking cool. If I look up donuts on a rope on the internet and it's not literal donuts on a rope, I'm going to be a little pissed. <laughs> like, I don't want right, to see this right, cloud right. thing. I want to see food. <laughs> I, I got to run up to my room yeah, and seriously. get my stuff. Okay, but- so from, uh, from cloudy, wherever the fuck we are in Germany, <laughs> what fucking town is this? It's not Treppendorf. No, it's not Treppendorf. But that's the only town I know nearby. All right, okay, so from Cloudy Treppendorf, Germany, Hasadiga Eboy. Bye, everybody. <laughs>